And now, WBW Theater. Welcome to WBW Theater. Listen to a series of radio dramas, comedies, mysteries, thrillers, westerns, all dedicated to preserving the golden age of radio. Those thrilling days of yesteryear, way back when families gathered together around the living room radio to join the theater of the mind. Listen now as we take you way back when imagination ruled and creativity had no limits. Listen now to WBW Theater. Massachusetts Institute of Technology. 
reaction to Mr. Namara. You really must listen to me. I have, don't have much time. But there's nothing to be frightened about. Oh, there is. There is indeed. This planet Mars, it's... Oh, very strange to begin with. Purple. Uh, yellow plants with green... Well, that... I was saying, Mr. Morrow, I want you to examine my wristwatch. What? My wristwatch, Mr. Morrow. Really, it's of vital importance. Now, now, let me get it off my wrist. The class is hard to manage. Oh, excuse me. There's someone viewing me. Our news, Morrow here. Oh, Gwen, hello. Call it your Forget it, honey. What's the wife for? She can't annoy her husband. Any time, any time at all. Hey, that's quite an outfit you're wearing. You mean this? Yeah. I like the way it brings out, uh... uh turn around, Gwen. Let's have a good look. Like this? Mmm. You weren't wearing that when I left the house this morning. Otherwise, I'd have stayed. Flattered. But I'm so glad you like it. I know it isn't quite what they'd approve of on Earth. On Earth, they're behind the times. This is Mars. Look, look, honey, I'm busy. What's on your mind? Matt, have you seen my wedding ring? The wedding ring? I've looked everywhere. And you know how expensive a trinucleum ring is? Much more expensive than gold. There's nothing of a sentimental value. Oh, it'll turn up, honey. Don't look so worried. Well, I can't help it. I could cry. Well, um, I'll be home in half an hour. It must be around someplace. But, Matt, I've searched Oh. What's the matter? What are you staring at me for? I'm not at you, Matt. Behind you. I turned around. The little man with the straw hat was gone. Slipped away while I talked to Gwen. But he'd left his wristwatch. Not on top of my desk. Not on top of anything. The watch was suspended, floating in midair. Tired, Matt? Well, I'm glad I'm home. You didn't find him? Professor Rinker? Mm -hmm. No. And I searched for three hours, hand running. I even checked with Planet Security Police. Was he really a professor, darling? He said so. Why? He reminded me of that character in Love and Live. <laughs> Still listening to those Earth soap operas? I really enjoy them. But, Matt, I caught a glimpse of him in the viewscope as we started talking. Such a queer little man. A frightened little man. Well, I couldn't help thinking it might be some kind of hoax. Honey. Hmm? I've still got his watch. And look. It still floats in the air. That's what I mean. These days, magicians know all sorts of wonderful tricks. They use atomic energy and physics. Well, I remember 15 years ago back on Earth, even before I married you, even then we used to... Matt. Matt, my wedding ring. What? You found it? Oh, no, no, it's still missing. But I mean, your friend's wristwatch, it's made of the same metal. Trinutrium? It is, Matt. Now, look at the color. Bright green. Oh, it's probably imitation. Oh, you men. Does it only take a woman to recognize precious metal? Darling, it's trinutrium. Let me see that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. You know, he was frightened, Gwen. He wanted to talk before it was too late. Too late for what? The trinutrium mines, he said. The cliffs of Karnak. A little man with a hearing aid and a straw hat 
no, it's nonsense. Nothing wrong out there. Like those rumors coming from Earth that Mars is wobbling on its axis. This planet is as stable as the law of gravity and science can make it. We've even stabilized the atmosphere. We've...
Looks like I came out on a wild goose chase. Ah, it's too late to go to sleep. Ah, uh, I got some terrific 1950 brandy. No, no, thanks. Ah, uh, suit yourself. Ah, uh, where'd you leave your, uh, jet boat? Out across the lava bed. Uh, no, don't bother coming with me, Sedgwick. Okay. Go back to sleep. Sorry I disturbed you. I left the building and started back. I went past the mine entrance and the dormitories where the miners were sleeping. I passed the converter building with the atomic fire buzzing away inside like a sleeping giant. I started out across the lava field and I found our little man, Professor Rinker. Mr. Morrow. Oh, thank heaven. Rinker! Now, get down, Mr. Morrow. Please, your clothes are all torn. Oh, please, get down. Yes. Yes, that's better. They may be searching by now. Mr. Morrow, I was tied up in one of those buildings. I tore my clothes getting away. You're going to tell me about space thieves, Professor? It's true. Every word of it. Why didn't you go to the police? Well, I meant to. I was being puzzled. The next best place was your office. You left my office. Well, they picked up my trail again. I was too frightened to stay, but I left my wristwatch. Yeah, what about that wristwatch? Well, that's the proof. The fact that the wristwatch is lighter than the Martian atmosphere. You see, I, uh, I was here yesterday. Mm-hmm. I came up from Earth on a sightseeing trip, and the first thing I wanted to see was the trinitrium mines. And that's how I stumbled on it. On what? The thieves, Mr. Morrow. Yes? Yes. They're using a special process to lighten the trinutrium so they can rocket it to Earth in tremendous quantities. Oh, Mr. Morrow, I beg of you. The security police must be notified. They must be told that... Oh, what's that? Oh, look! Yeah. Standing in front of that building. They discovered my absence, Mr. Morrow. At any moment, they may come in. Oh, I guess you're right, Rinker. Here they come. The jet boat's up ahead on the far side of that big boulder. Yeah. <laughs> 
secure. Check safety belts. Eight seconds, take off. I recognize Kedrick's voice. Six. He was a space thief. Four. Two.
outer shell opened and the air from inside the spaceship pushed us out into the empty vacuum of interplanetary space. It was kind of ridiculous. In one of his asbestos gloves, the little professor was still holding on to his precious straw hat. Professor, can you hear me? Is your intercom turned on? Professor! Uh, I, I can't hear you very well, Mr. Morrow. Now just shout as loud as you can. They're looking at us from inside the rocket. Can you see them? Yes. Sedgwick is left. Now why don't they pull away from us? Hey, hey, Professor. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. But they could easily. Uh, a burst on one rocket jet and that would leave us behind. But we'd be out of their gravitational pull entirely. No. And I wish they would. Then we'd be all alone. Yeah, completely alone. You and me and your straw hat. Professor. Yes, Mr. Morrow. Tell me one thing. Why are you holding on to that hat? I have to. It won't fit inside the space helmet. <whistles> After that, I ran out of words. We drifted, saying nothing. It was a strange feeling. All around us, complete blackness except for the distant stars. I revolved slowly, without weight. Without substance. Sedgwick decided to leave us. I saw him wave. I saw a blinding flash from the exhaust. After a while, the awful cold began to creep in. The professor's fingers got numb and he let go of his hat. It floated beside him. I thought of Gwen and the missing jet boat. I thought of Giovanni. And what a fool I'd been not to call him in on it. I listened to the silence of empty space. Giovanni, what about Sedgwick? 
He's loaded down with a half a billion dollars worth of trinutium. He's heading for the earth. I think we'll get there first. Wait for him. How about it? You uh, want to be part of the reception committee? Two days later, dawn was breaking over the Nevada high country. The air was thin and sharp. And the mountains threw long blue shadows over the stunted sagebrush and juniper. I lay hidden behind a patch of scrub with Gwen beside me. This was part of the United States. It was the first time Gwen had been back on Earth since we were married. And she was quite excited. So was I, but for a different reason. Just as the sun touched the high mountains and the frost that lay over the valley began to sparkle, just then, Sedgwick's rocket drifted in like a pale moon. He was using his remaining rocket fuel to break his speed. He made a perfect landing on his tail fins. We watched as the hatch opened, the ladder dropped down, and the crew stepped out. Now, boys, we mean it. As soon as the truck gets here, we'll pedal this stuff and we'll be rich. Lovely idea. When you wait here. Oh, Matt, smell the sagebrush, doesn't it? Smell Never it? mind the sagebrush. Just keep out of sight. I will. Be careful, Matt. Don't worry. Keep that light shining in those big brown eyes. I'll be back. <laughs> I circled, hoping to get almost upon them without being noticed. Murchison had gone into the rocket. Sedgwick lay stretched out on the ground. And I had a bit of fast action in mind. If I could get near enough to him. On my belly, a foot at a time, I made that last... 50 yards, until I was within three yards of him. And then that sagebrush Gwen loved the smell of, a good whiff of it came my way, and... <coughs> what a time to pick up an allergy. Said we turn. Oh, you ask me, surprise more. You're supposed to be... Don't even mention it, Cedric. I've been brooding about that nasty trick of yours. Now, let's see you straighten up. That's it. Now, down again. I've my heart, come on. Oh, a gun, eh? Drop it. Now, now, Drop it, Cedric. That's what he said. Reach. Up it. Police. There's a problem with police. That's right. Way up. I'll keep him up. All right. We're done. Well, it's too bad you didn't have some jurors around. Then everybody on Mars could have seen the capture. They have, Sedgwick. They're seeing it right now. Or a few minutes from now, as soon as light travels from here to there. Gwen! Gwen, where are you? Right here, darling. Oh, oh, come on, Gwen. The Earth is a nice planet to visit, but I wouldn't live here if you gave me the place. Let's go home. Uh, more coffee, Matt. Uh, oh, yes. Thanks, honey. Yeah. Um, you're glad you got your ring back? Mm-hmm. It had just gotten so light it floated up to the ceiling. As soon as they reversed Sedgwick's process, it got heavy again like the rest of the trinutrium on Mars and... Clink, down it came. Ah, Sedgwick, quite a party. You know, the professor and I were lucky to get out of that one alive. 
Oh, uh, say, one thing puzzles me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> stop admiring that ring, honey, and pay attention. I mean, how Giovanni managed to locate us out in space. Those radar sweeps should never have picked us up. The professor's straw hat, darling. The what? His straw hat. His hearing aid was in it, and, and it was turned on. Somehow it increased the strength of the return signal so we could track it down clearly. You mean that battered old straw hat, the one that that's still out there? Huh? <laughs> well, what's so funny? <laughs> An old straw hat, and it saved our lives. You know, maybe I should put an ad in the next issue of Mar News. Lost in interstellar space, one straw hat. If found, please return to Professor Abel Rinker or to Matt Morrow, editor, Mar News. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Morrow on Mars. Next week, another extraordinary tale of tomorrow by John Christopher called The Drop. About a fellow who wanted a change. He didn't like the world he lived in and tried to get himself deported to uh, Earth. So, this is your host, Omentor. Till next week, then. Don't go looking for old straw hats. Tales of Tomorrow. Heard in tonight's play were George Petrie, Fran Carlin, Leon Jenny, George Fabjoy, and your host, Omentor, Raymond Edward Johnson. Special effects, Ed Blaney and Bob Prescott. Engineer, Joe Durante. The music was composed and conducted by Bobby Christian. Tales of Tomorrow is produced by ABC in association with George Foley and directed by Warren Somerville. Now a listening reminder. You'll hear the latest news on KECA at 10 o'clock. Join us again as we bring you exciting thrills and adventure, rip-roaring comedy, and shoot-em-up westerns and gangbusters. Next time, when your imaginations will be invited into the theater of the mind with WBW Theater.